This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. He leadeth me, O blessed thought, O words with heavenly comfort fraught. Whatever I do, wherever I be, still tis God's hand that leadeth me. He leadeth me, he leadeth me, by his own hand he leadeth me. His faithful follower I would be, for by his hand he leadeth me. Sometime it seems of deepest gloom, Sometimes where Eden's bowers bloom By water still or troubled sea Still tis his hand that leadeth me Lord, I would place thy hand in mine Nor ever murmur or Content whatever lot I see, since tis thy hand that leadeth me. He leadeth me, he leadeth me, by his own hand he leadeth me. His faithful follower.
Welcome to worship, good neighbors. You are listening to a Neighbors United in Christ parish worship service sponsored by the Lutheran Churches of Duranda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Lauren Tague, and thanks today to Jim Haugerud and Debbie Tague, our musicians, Kathy Christensen, our reader and provider of the children's message, and our recording engineer is Isaac Christensen. You are able to join us by NUIC podcast and at 8 a.m. each Sunday morning on WPCA Radio 93.1 FM and its live internet stream on www.wpcaradio.org. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577. By mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, and through our website at www.nuicparish.org. We want to thank WPCA Radio for this broadcast. Some announcements, or one announcement I'd like to remind people of and invite you to come is Duranda Lutheran will be having its uh, feast on October 8th at 48, 4 to 7, and would encourage you to come and enjoy a great meal. The church is anywhere people gather in Jesus' name. Even when we are not together in a church building, 
God continues to be present in the creative and intentional ways that we gather for worship. Therefore, wherever you are at this time and worshiping in Jesus' name, your present location is the church. You may want to lay a cloth before you, a candle and a cross. You might enjoy making a small worship space to enhance your at-home worship experience. You may also want to have a Bible and Bibles for the kids, the home worship materials. As we begin worship, it is our desire to honor God, to open our hearts to the spirit of God's love and presence and begin with the invocation. Dedicating this hour to the presence and purposes of God, we worship together with God the Creator, Jesus our Savior, and the Spirit, our breath of life. Amen. We confess our sins before God and one another. God of promise, you have given us all we are and all we have, and still we have not trusted you fully. We have tried to be God in our own lives, hurting ourselves and those around us in our attempts to control. Wash us clean in the waters of your salvation and bring us back into right relationship with you. God welcomes you home with open arms and forgives you all your sins for the sake of Jesus Christ. By the power of the Holy Spirit, live in the promise of God's love freely given. Amen. I'd like to share a sh short story for you that ties in later with the sermon a little bit, but we all like to hear the prodigal son, and uh, we always talk about the God welcoming with open arms when he comes back home. And a pastor friend was preaching on it, and of course confirmation kids are taking their notes and uh, he was surprised when he got the notes after he thought he'd done a really good job on the uh, prodigal son. And he probably did because it was interesting that out of 19 out of the 20 students, 19 of them talked about after having messed up the long ride home and having to deal with their parents. Sometimes we get to that point where we feel we have failed beyond anything that can ever be forgiven. But there is God waiting for us with open arms to welcome us home. I said a prayer for you today And I know God must have heard I felt the answer in my heart It was 
I said a prayer for you today, and I know God must have heard. I felt the answer in my heart, although he spoke no words. I asked for happiness for you in all things great and small. But it was for his loving care I prayed for most of all I asked for happiness for you in all things great and small but it was for his loving care I prayed for most of Walk slow, count the clouds as they pass. Walk slow, count the daisies in the grass. Life is fast, we're forever on the go. Take the time to take it in and walk slow. Walk slow. As you travel down life's way, walk slow. As you live it day by day, pay attention as you go. And walk slow, walk slow. Better show the world a smile, walk slow. Just as if you were a child Enjoy Mother Nature and her show Life will walk along beside you So walk slow Walk slow Through the sunshine and the rain Walk slow you won't pass this way again Just appreciate and let the ages roll Savor all you've come to know And walk slow Walk slow As you travel down life's way Walk slow as you live it day by day, pay attention as you go, and walk slow, walk slow, it may be you who leads the way, walk slow, don't let any go astray, be confident on the path you go So that others may keep up Walk slow Walk slow As you travel down life's way Walk slow As you live it day by day 
pay attention as you go and walk slow. Yes, pay attention as you go. Good neighbors, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. A brief litany I would like to share. God brought Israel out from Egypt, for God's steadfast love endures forever. With a strong hand and outstretched arms, for God's steadfast love endures forever. God divided the Red Sea in two, for God's steadfast love endures forever, and made Israel pass through the midst of it, for God's steadfast love endures forever, but overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the sea, for God's steadfast love endures forever. We'll continue with the prayer of the day. Saving God, with awesome power, you led your people through the sea and rescued them from those who would harm them. Continue to lead us through our challenges that we might sing your praises on the other side. Amen. I'd like to continue with Kathy reading the scripture passage in the children's sermon. The first reading comes from Exodus, the 14th. 14th chapter, verses 5 through 7, 10 through 14, and 21 through 29. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, the minds of Pharaoh and his officials were changed towards the people, and they said, What have we done letting Israel leave our service? So he had his chariots made ready and took his army with him, and he took 600 picked chariots and all the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. As Pharaoh drew near, the Israelites looked back, and they, there were the Egyptians advancing on them. A great fear, the Israelites cried out to the Lord, and they said to Moses, was it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us bringing us out of Egypt. This is not the very thing we told you in Egypt. Let us alone and let us serve the Egyptians, for it would have been better to do uh, better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. But Moses said to the people, Don't, do not be afraid, stand firm and see the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to keep still. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. The Israelites went into the sea on dry ground, the water forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued the Egyptians pursued and went into the sea after them, all of the Pharaoh's horses and chariots and chariot drivers. At the morning watch the Lord in the power pillar of fire, and the cloud looked down upon the Egyptian army, and threw the Egyptian army into panic. 
He clogged their chariot wheels, so they had turned with difficulty. The Egyptians said, let us flee from the Israelites, for the Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and the chariot drivers. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and at dawn the sea turned in its normal depth. As the Egyptians fled before it, the Lord tossed the Egyptians into the sea. The waters turned and covered the chariots and the chariot drivers and the entire army of the Pharaoh that they had followed into the sea. Not one of them remained, but the Israelites walked on dry ground through the sea and the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. The second reading comes from Matthew 2, verses 13 through 15. Now after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you, for Harold is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and they went to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill, to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, out of Egypt I have called my son. Here ends the readings. It's time now to talk with the young people of the parish. Hi guys. I would like to read the story entitled The Red Sea. It's found in the Sparks Bible on page 84 and you can follow along while I read the story or you can just sit back and pretend that you're one of the Israelites standing on the shore of the Red Sea. So it begins. It was a long journey leaving Egypt. The Israelites camped on the shore of the Red Sea. The people were feeling really nervous. Moses squinted into the darkening sky. Had he heard something? Something in the distance? Moses shook his head slowly. He did not trust Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, to keep his promise. Do you think Pharaoh's followed us? Aaron asked. Moses stood listening. We will see, Moses said. We, we will see. Moses didn't have to wait too long. Soon a growing cloud of dust rose up in the distance. A rumble of horse hooves thundered towards the travelers. They could see them clearly now. Hundreds of Pharaoh's chariots charged towards them. Hundreds of soldiers followed with orders to bring the, bring the people back. We're trapped, someone yelled. A strong wind began to blow. Cries went up from the people. Moses, they, shout, they shouted. Have you brought us up here to die? Don't be afraid, Moses told his people. Stand firm. God is with us. Moses gripped the staff in his hand. Prepare to move out, he shouted into the wind. Where, Moses, Aaron asked. There's no place to go. Through the Red Sea, Moses said. God will make a way. Moses stood on the edge of the shore. He raised his right arm. He stretched his staff out over the white waves. The waters trembled and divided. The wild wind roared. 
Soon a wall of water stood on the left and on the right. Dry land appeared between the walls. A safe pass to the other side. Move now, Moses ordered. How strange it must have felt to step onto a sandy path. How scary to feel the spray of the water waiting on either side. Would God save them? Would God keep his promise to Moses? In the morning, Pharaoh's armies stood on the Red Sea shore. They saw the Israelites safe on the other side. Soon the chariots groaned and the soldiers cracked their whips. Pharaoh's army moved slowly across the rocky and sandy path. They will catch us, a young woman yelled. Watch and wait, said Moses. Moses once again held his staff up over the walls of the waves. Tons of water came trembling down. Horses and chariots and riders all swept into the sea. From the safe shore came the sound of singing and dancing, led by Miriam, Moses' sister. Sing to the Lord, the Israelites shouted. God has saved us. Think about this story. The Israelites were trapped as slaves between the Red Sea and the Egyptian soldiers. Could they have gotten free by themselves? No. They needed somebody strong. They needed God. Are there things in our lives that trap us? Things that make us angry or jealous or wanting to get even? These traps keep us sad and separated from our other people. Can God free us from those traps? You bet God can, just like he freed the Israelites. So the next time you are feeling angry or sad, remember God is always with you to help you be free of the trapped feelings you are having. God is on your team always. Let us pray. Dear God, thank you for always being with me, for keeping me safe and helping me in everything I do. Thank you, God, for freeing me. In your name, amen. Lead me, guide me along the way. For if you lead me, I cannot stray. Lord, let me walk each day with thee. Lead me, O oh Lord, lead me. I am weak and I need thy strength and power to help me over my weakest hour. Help me through the darkness thy face to see. Lead me, O oh Lord, lead me. Day with thee, lead 
If you take your hand from me, I am blind without thy light to see. Lord, just always let me thy servant be. Lead me, O Lord, lead me. Lead me, guide me along the way. For if you lead me, I cannot stray. Lord, let me walk each day with thee. Lead me, O Lord, lead me. Lead me, O Lord, lead me. I'd like to read again the narrative theme. Main idea of God's call can be unfamiliar and terrifying, but trusting in God's call can also be unexpectedly rewarding. Moving an entire community, community out of slavery and under the noses of the slaves' masters is no small feat. It would take planning, coordination, patience, and courage it would take an act of God. The thing about acts of God is that they are truly, rarely predictable, nor are they controllable. In the case of the Hebrew people fleeing Pharaoh in Egypt, God went to great lengths to move Pharaoh so that he would let the people begin their journey. It took the death of Pharaoh's own son for him to relent to God's demands. But once the Israelites are on their way, Pharaoh once again realized what was at stake. His entire kingdom had been built on the backs of these slaves. Leaving them go threatened economic and social societal collapse. He had to act fast. Today's story is set at the climax of this daring escape. When the Israelites were trapped between the sea and Pharaoh's armies, it seemed like there was no escape. But God had plans nobody could have predicted. God clearly cleared a dry pathway through the sea. The people fled. The armies pursued. And God closed the sea over the heads of the armies, washing them away. The people were understandably shaken. But Moses reassured them, directed them to be still and let God do the rest. Often when we are terrified or too paralyzed to act, we are called to courage and patience. It's not an easy thing to come by when anxiety stirs us up to fight, flee, or freeze. But God reassures us, you have only to keep still and wait for God to act. And when God acts, we must be ready to seize the opportunity to act. If the people had not fled through the sea, they would have been captured by Pharaoh's armies, and their opportunity for freedom would have been lost. Still on the other side of the sea, the people would be faced with uncertainty and unfamiliarity over and over again. The scariest journey of their lives would require the most intentional faith, patience, and response to God's call. It would also prove to be the most fruitful journey that would cement the covenant between God and God's people forever. As I read this story, I remember one of the old stories from Live Today by 
uh, Youngdahl devotional talking about a Midwestern track meet in which Henry uh, was their best runner and it was coming to the last race as to determine as to who would win this race. And Henry uh, got to the starting blocks and everything was going fine. He was confident and he took off. But all of a sudden, after the first lap, he was behind. Second lap, it was even worse. His teammates and stuff, that isn't the way Henry would run a race. And they gave up. They started to pack because they thought they had lost the meet. But halfway through the third lap, all of a sudden, Henry started picking up and moving really fast. And by the fourth lap, he was starting to catch the pack. And by the end of the race, he had won. And the teammates came running and mobbed him and congratulated him on the great race. And his coach pulled him aside and said, Henry, that was a great race, but what happened out there? That's not the way you usually run the race. He said, Coach, when I went out there, my legs just went dead. I can't explain it. I was struggling like crazy, and I knew if something didn't change, I was going to lose. So I just prayed. I said, Lord, if you'll just pick up these feet, I'll put them down. Coach, he started picking up so fast, I had a hard time touching the ground. In Isaiah, it talks about, even you sh shall run and be weary. But God is one who will pick us up. And as we see in this story, the Israelites started off this race not fairly confident because Israel or Egypt had given them stuff to get out of their hair and out of their way. They were anxious to see him go because of the plagues that had happened. It seemed like it was a great day and they took off not knowing where they were going but they were following Moses who had led them uh, this far and they were excited. And there were a lot, a lot of people. And as they get going, all of a sudden things turn. It isn't what they expected. They got to the Red Sea and looked behind, and there was Pharaoh's army coming after them. Not just to take them back, but I'm sure there would have been retribution, and a few people would have died, or many people may have. And they looked at Moses, and they wanted answers. They wanted them immediately. And when they couldn't get the right answer, they started pointing their finger at him saying, you've taken us out here to die? Wouldn't it have been better to have stayed back in Egypt as slaves than to die out in this wilderness? Tough time for Moses. Scary time for the people. What was gonna happen? Well, Moses told them to wait and then he lifted his arms of course the Red Sea we know the story from the reading is that very much different than us in our time of trials isn't it where we all of a sudden get caught where we hadn't gone before and we didn't know what to do it was a new challenge it was scary in our own lives haven't we remembered those times in fact, it could even be death. It could be death in our future that 
How do we respond? How do we respond to God? How do we respond to those who are leading us in our faith journey? And we see here is the people responded by pointing fingers, getting angry, getting scared. But God still delivered. And the interesting thing, this is just the start of their journey because like it says in the narrative, much more was going to happen as they went out into the wilderness, as they were to take over this land, as they were to do different things that God asked they would be bitter, they would point fingers at God, they would ask him why it wasn't better, why this didn't happen. They complained to Moses as the Ten Commandments, they turned to another God. They had trouble dealing with trials, dealing with pain, dealing with losing hope because they couldn't see what was ahead. They'd been told that there was a land waiting for him, but it was a long time coming. When people start living without hope, it becomes very dangerous. We lose sight of who we are and whose we are. We give up. We want to turn back, sometimes to old ways that at least it may not have been right, but it was comfortable in those old ruts. But God keeps moving us on. But hope is a wonderful gift from God, a source of strength and courage in the face of life's hardest trials. Chuck Swindoll talks about it in his devotional. When we are trapped in a tunnel of misery, hope points us to the light at the end. When we are overworked and exhausted, hope gives us fresh energy. When we are discouraged, hope lifts our spirits. When we are tempted to quit, hope keeps us going. When we struggle with crippling disease or a lingering illness, hope helps us persevere beyond the pain. When we fear the worst, hope brings reminders that God is still in control. When we are forced to, forced to sit back and wait, hope gives us the patience to trust. Put simply, when life hurts, dreams fade, Nothing helps like hope. The story of the Israelites in the wilderness, the story here in the Red Sea, hopefully reminds us that God will act and does act on our behalf, that God does make a difference, and that with hope we can face whatever life comes at us. As a young man, I heard the story of Glenn, Glenn Cunningham a long distance runner. Bob Richards in his book, The Heart of a Champion, talks about him. And it's a fun little story about a young man, Glenn Cunningham at the story, at the age of five, had his legs so terribly burned by a fire in his home that the doctors claimed he would be a hopeless cripple the rest of his life. Did you see that word, hopeless? They said he would never be able to walk, that there was no hope for him. But they underestimated the heart and soul of little Glenn Cunningham, and they underestimated the fact that there was hope. 
His mother tells of how she used to push back the curtain and look out the window and see Glenn as he would reach up and take hold of an old plow with a hand on each handle. He began to make those snarled and twisted legs begin to function. And with every step, <clears throat> a step of pain, Glenn Cunningham began to walk. And pretty soon he began to trot. And before long, he was running. And in 1934, he set the world mile record of four minutes and 6.8 seconds. He'll go down in history as one of the greatest legendary runners of all time, having also run the mile in 4.4. It does not count officially, but at the time, it was two seconds faster than the world record. And this was done by a boy at the age of five faced one of the greatest defeats of life. It's this that makes champions in competition as in life, the ability to take defeat and change the very thing that spelled defeat <coughs> into the very thing that makes champions. And that thing is hope. Every Easter, we see a lot of people coming to church, maybe who we don't see at other times of the year, but maybe that's because it's the one time they are really hearing and maybe hearing the message in a powerful way that there is hope that death is not the final answer, that God takes us and leads us. My brother Dave tells the story of an old Episcopalian priest who was dying. And uh, a young priest came up to him and said, aren't you a little afraid of dying? You don't know what's on the other side of the River Jordan or what's on the other side. Doesn't that make you just a little scared? And the priest said, no. I am very confident and hopeful. The other priest walked away shaking his head, not understanding. A day later he came and he again he talked to the old priest and said, come on, tell me the truth. Aren't you just a little bit afraid of what's on the other side of the river? And the old priest smiled and said, no, I am not, because my father owns both sides of the river. For us, we have the confidence in this life that God will lead us. We have confidence in the life to come that God will be there. God is faithful. Take time to hope, to love what God is doing, even though it might be scary, even though it might be different. Hope will take you through in Jesus' name. Amen. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to know thus says the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I proved him more and more. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him more. Oh, how sweet to trust in Jesus, just to trust His cleansing blood. Just in simple faith to plunge me neath the healing cleansing flood. 
Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I proved Him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him more. Yes, it is sweet to trust in Jesus, just from sin and self to just from Jesus simply taking life and rest and joy and peace. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I prove Him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him I'm so glad I learned to trust Him, precious Jesus, Savior, friend. And I know that Thou art with me, wilt be with me to the end. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him more. We'll continue our worship then with the Apostles' Creed or our Confession of Faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffering under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Lord, listen to your children praying. Lord, send your spirit in this place. Lord, listen to your children praying. Send us love, send us power, send us Confident in the promises of our covenant God, we pray for the church, the world, and all those in need. Powerful Deliverer, you free your people daily from sin and death. Remind us to practice gratitude for the amazing lives you have given us. God of promise, you hear our prayer. Beautiful Creator, teach us to nurture and sustain all the things that you have dreamed and breathed into life so that your amazing world might live on for generations to come. God of promise, you hear our prayer. Benevolent Healer, bring to health and wholeness all who suffer ailments of body, mind, and spirit. 
especially Dave Christensen, Kevin Christensen, Helen Jorgensen, Torian Silty, Shirley Tague, Ida Martinson, Edna Henriksen, Dixie Tague, Richard Roos, Shirley Lenz, Clara Garish, Viola Haugerud, Arlene Johnson, Craig Olson, Jeanette Helling, Jean Hoisington, Rachel and Derek Helling, Kelsey Zamuda, Pat and Lucille Trofe, Christina Burgett, Helen Erickson, Gary Fredrickson, Randy Goglin, Rachel Seacrest, Julie Dubois, Jim Wade, Scott Morgan, Matt Crerup, Lee and Maury Nicholson. God of promise, you hear our prayer. Just ruler, you are the people, the God of all peoples. Help us to remember that all the children of the earth belong to you and that none are to be left to suffer at our hands. God of promise, you hear our prayer. Trusting in your grace and mercy, we lift these prayers to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord, listen to your children praying. Lord, send your spirit in this place. Lord, listen to your children praying. Send us love. Send us power. Send us grace. As people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church, even when we are physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, your home congregation, the synod, or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and serve our neighbors. Let us pray. Gracious and holy God, bless these tithes and offerings we have given for the sake of the kingdom. Let the grace and generosity of the Father be the light that guides us, the compassion of the Son to be the love that inspires us, and the presence of the Spirit to be the power that moves us. I'd like to share communion today, and it's first communion for a few of our young people today, and so uh, may it be a special blessing as more People get to come to the table and receive Jesus through his body and blood. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord took bread, broke it, and gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body broken for you. Do this as oft as you eat it in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup of wine gave thanks and gave it to all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now let us taste and see that the Lord is good. Take the bread, our wafer, and as you eat it, hear this promise from Jesus, the body of Christ broken for you. Take the wine or grape juice, and as you drink it, hear this promise from Jesus, the blood of Christ shed for you. And now may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you to life everlasting. Amen. Called to walk together as the body of Christ, let us abide with one another in peace. Thanks be to God. Now hear the benediction. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you peace. Amen. My Jesus, I love thee. I know thou art mine. For thee all the follies of sin I resign. My gracious Pray.